Today is the 22nd day of February. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian. It is wonderful to be here with you in the rolling hills of Tennessee with plenty of jet lag to abound as we kind of reemerge and re-enter into normal life after having spent the last couple of weeks in the land of the Bible. It is wonderful to be back in Tennessee, and it is wonderful to be around the global campfire today as we gather. Out of all of the different things that are going on, the little choices that we have to make, the things we have to do, the obligations that we have, the responsibilities, we just come in here and allow the scriptures to inform all of that and speak peace into our souls. And so let's dive in. We are moving back into the book of Leviticus. We're reading from the New Living Translation this week, and we will pick up where we left off yesterday, which brings us to Leviticus chapter 13 today. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, If anyone has a swelling or a rash or discolored skin that might develop into a serious skin disease, that person must be brought to Aaron the priest or to one of his sons. The priest will examine the affected area of the skin. If the hair in the affected area has turned white and the problem appears to be more than skin deep, It is a serious skin disease, and the priest who examines it must pronounce the person ceremonially unclean. But if the affected area of the skin is only a white discoloration and does not appear to be more than skin deep, and if the hair on the spot is not turned white, the priest will quarantine the person for seven days. On the seventh day, the priest will make another examination. If he finds the affected area has not changed and the problem has not spread on the skin, the priest will quarantine the person for seven more days. On the seventh day, the priest will make another examination. If he finds the affected area has faded and has not spread, the priest will pronounce the person ceremonially clean. It was only a rash. The person's clothing must be washed, and the person will be ceremonially clean. But if the rash continues to spread after the person has been examined by the priest and has been pronounced clean, the infected person must return to be examined again. If the priest finds that the rash has spread, he must pronounce the person ceremonially unclean, for it is indeed a skin disease. Anyone who develops a serious skin disease must go to the priest for an examination. If the priest finds a white swelling on the skin and some hair on the spot has turned white and there is an open sore in the affected area, it is a chronic skin disease and the priest must pronounce the person ceremonially unclean. In such cases, the person need not be quarantined for it is obvious that the skin is defiled by the disease. Now suppose the disease is spread all over the person's skin, 
covering the body from head to foot. When the priest examines the infected person and finds that the disease covers the entire body, he will pronounce the person ceremonially clean. Since the skin has turned completely white, the person is clean. But if any open sores appear, the infected person will be pronounced ceremonially unclean. The priest must make this pronouncement as soon as he sees an open sore, since open sores indicate the presence of a skin disease. However, if the open sores heal and turn white like the rest of the skin, the person must return to the priest for another examination. If the affected areas have indeed turned white, the priest will then pronounce the person ceremonially clean by declaring, You are clean. If anyone has a boil on the skin that has started to heal, but a white swelling or a reddish-white spot develops in its place, that person must go to the priest to be examined. If the priest examines it and finds it to be more than skin deep, and if the hair in the affected area has turned white, the priest must pronounce the person ceremonially unclean. The boil has become a serious skin disease. But if the priest finds no white hair on the affected area and the problem appears to be no more than skin deep and has faded, the priest must quarantine the person for seven days. If during that time the affected area spreads on the skin, the priest must pronounce the person ceremonially unclean because it is a serious disease. But if the area grows no larger and does not spread, it is merely the scar from the boil, and the priest will pronounce the person ceremonially clean. If anyone has suffered a burn on the skin, and the burned area changes color, becoming either reddish-white or shiny-white, the priest must examine it. If he finds that the hair in the affected area has turned white and the problem appears to be more than skin deep, a skin disease has broken out in the burn. The priest must then pronounce the person ceremonially unclean for it is clearly a serious skin disease. But if the priest finds no white hair on the affected area and the problem appears to be no more than skin deep and has faded, the priest must quarantine the infected person for seven days. On the seventh day, the priest must examine the person again if the affected area has spread on the skin, the priest must pronounce that person ceremonially unclean, for it is clearly a serious skin disease. But if the affected area has not changed or spread on the skin and has faded, it is simply a swelling from the burn. The priest will then pronounce the person ceremonially clean, for it is only the scar from the burn. If anyone, either a man or woman, has a sore on the head or chin, the priest must examine it. If he finds it is more than skin deep and has fine yellow hair on it, the priest must pronounce the person ceremonially unclean. It is a scabby sore of the head or chin. 
If the priest examines the scabby sore and finds that it is only skin deep but there is no black hair on it, he must quarantine the person for seven days. On the seventh day, the priest must examine the sore again. If he finds that the scabby sore has not spread and there is no yellow hair on it, and it appears to be only skin deep, the person must shave off all hair except the hair on the affected area. Then the priest must quarantine the person for another seven days. On the seventh day, he will examine the sore again. If it has not spread and appears to be no more than skin deep, the priest will pronounce the person ceremonially clean. The person's clothing must be washed, and the person will be ceremonially clean. But if the scabby sore begins to spread after the person is pronounced clean, the priest must do another examination. If he finds that the sore has spread, the priest does not need to look for yellow hair. The infected person is ceremonially unclean. But if the color of the scabby sore does not change and black hair has grown on it, it has healed. The priest will then pronounce the person ceremonially clean. If anyone, either a man or woman, has shiny white patches on the skin, the priest must examine the affected area. If he finds that the shiny patches are only pale white, this is a harmless skin rash and the person is ceremonially clean. If a man loses his hair and his head becomes bald, he is still ceremonially clean. And if he loses hair on his forehead, he simply has a bald forehead. He is still clean. However, if a reddish-white sore appears on the bald area on top of his head or on his forehead, this is a skin disease. The priest must examine him. And if he finds swelling around the reddish-white sore anywhere on the man's head, and it looks like a skin disease, the man is indeed infected with a skin disease and is unclean. The priest must pronounce him ceremonially unclean because of the sore on his head. Those who suffer from a serious skin disease must tear their clothing and leave their hair uncombed. They must cover their mouth and call out, Unclean! Unclean! As long as the serious disease lasts, they will be ceremonially unclean. They must live in isolation in their place outside the camp. Now suppose mildew contaminates some woolen or linen clothing, woolen or linen fabric, the hide of an animal or anything made of leather. If the contaminated area in the clothing, the animal hide, the fabric, or the leather article has turned greenish or reddish, it is contaminated with mildew and must be shown to the priest. After examining the affected spot, the priest will put the article in quarantine for seven days. On the seventh day, the priest must inspect it again. If the contaminated area has spread, the clothing or fabric or leather is clearly contaminated by a serious mildew and is ceremonially unclean. 
the priest must burn the item, the clothing, the woolen or linen fabric or piece of leather, for it has been contaminated by a serious mildew. It must be completely destroyed by fire. But if the priest examines it and finds that the contaminated area has not spread in the clothing, the fabric, or the leather, the priest will order the object to be washed and then quarantined for seven more days. Then the priest must examine the object again. If he finds that the contaminated area has not changed color after being washed, even if it did not spread, the object is defiled. It must be completely burned up, whether the contaminated spot is on the inside or outside. But if the priest examines it and finds that the contaminated area has faded after being washed, he must cut the spot from the clothing, the fabric, or the leather. If the spot later reappears on the clothing, the fabric, or the leather article, the mildew is clearly spreading and the contaminated object must be burned up. But if the spot disappears from the clothing, the fabric, or the leather article after it has been washed, it must be washed again. Then it will be ceremonially clean. These are the instructions for dealing with mildew that contaminates woolen or linen clothing or fabric or anything made of leather. This is how the priest will determine whether these items are ceremonially clean or unclean. Mark 6, 1-29 Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, Where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? And then they scoffed, He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, A prophet is honored everywhere, except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Then Jesus went from village to village teaching the people. And he called his twelve disciples together and began sending them out two by two, giving them authority to cast out evil spirits. He told them to take nothing for their journey except a walking stick. No food, no traveler's bag, no money. He allowed them to wear sandals but not to take a change of clothes. Wherever you go, he said, Stay in the same house until you leave town. But if any place refuses to welcome you or listen to you, shake its dust from your feet as you leave to show that you have abandoned those people to their fate. So the disciples went out, telling everyone they met to repent of their sins and turn to God. And they cast out many demons and healed many sick people 
anointing them with olive oil. Herod Antipas, the king, soon heard about Jesus because everyone was talking about him. Some were saying, this must be John the Baptist raised from the dead. That is why he can do such miracles. Others said, he's the prophet Elijah. Still, others said he's a prophet like the other great prophets of the past. When Herod heard about Jesus, he said, John, the man I beheaded, has come back from the dead. For Herod had sent soldiers to arrest and imprison John as a favor to Herodias. She had been his brother Philip's wife, but Herod had married her. John had been telling Herod, it is against God's law for you to marry your brother's wife. So Herodias bore a grudge against John and wanted to kill him. But without Herod's approval, she was powerless. For Herod respected John, and knowing that he was a good and holy man, he protected him. Herod was greatly disturbed whenever he talked with John, but even so, he liked to listen to him. Herodias's chance finally came on Herod's birthday. He gave a party for his high government officials, army officers, and the leading citizens of Galilee. Then his daughter, also named Herodias, came in and performed a dance that greatly pleased Herod and his guests. Ask me for anything you like, the king said to the girl, and I will give it to you. He even vowed, I will give you whatever you ask up to half of my kingdom. She went out and asked her mother, what should I ask for? Her mother told her, ask for the head of John the Baptist. So the girl hurried back to the king and told him, I want the head of John the Baptist right now on a tray. Then the king deeply regretted what he had said. But because of the vows he had made in front of his guests, he couldn't refuse her. So he immediately sent an executioner to the prison to cut off John's head and bring it to him. The soldier beheaded John in the prison, brought his head on a tray and gave it to the girl who took it to her mother. When John's disciples heard what had happened, they came to get his body and buried it in a tomb. Psalm 39 for Jejuthun, the choir director, a psalm of David. I said to myself, I will watch what I do and not sin in what I say. I will hold my tongue when the ungodly are around me. But as I stood there in silence, not even speaking of good things, the turmoil within me grew worse. The more I thought about it, the hotter I got, igniting a fire of words. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. We are merely moving shadows, and all our busy rushing ends in nothing. We heap up wealth not knowing who will spend it. And so, Lord, where do I put my hope? 
My only hope is in you. Rescue me from my rebellion. Do not let fools mock me. I am silent before you. I won't say a word, for my punishment is from you. But please stop striking me. I am exhausted by the blows from your hand. When you discipline us for our sins, you consume like a moth what is precious to us. Each of us is but a breath. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Listen to my cries for help. Don't ignore my tears, for I am your guest, a traveler passing through, as my ancestors were before me. Leave me alone so I can smile again before I am gone and exist no more. Proverbs 10, 10 People who wink at wrong cause trouble, but a bold reproof promotes Okay, so the passage that we read in the book of Leviticus today, the 13th chapter, is actually one of my uh, more favorite passages in the Bible, partly because for so many years reading through it, it's like, what in the world? Like, what? What is this doing in the Bible? Rashes? Skin rashes? Mold? Mildew on leather? Like what, what, what is going on here and why is this important? And then we read through it and it's just like slightly an uncomfortable read because we're talking about scabs and rashes and open sores and did the hair turn white in the rash and all of this stuff. So it's just like a little bit uncomfortable. Let's remember the statutes, the laws, the customs, the rituals, the way that the people will organize themselves and be a cohesive people is being established. And that in this establishment is the awareness of who God is and who their identity, who they are as God's people and where they're going together. And so all of the things that they do have a spiritual component it's not like this completely separated existence between their spirituality and their everyday lives they are woven together and so on a practical level if we're talking about upwards of a million people like a moving large city wandering through a vast open desert If we have the understanding that there aren't antibiotics, there isn't a pharmacy where somebody can go get something to take care of that issue, then we realize on a very, very practical level that an infectious skin disease could and would spread and could become deadly to the camp, to the people itself. So like paying attention is important and bringing it to the priest to know that you're not endangering everyone around you is important. 
or in the case of mold. And we'll have some more mold in front of us because we'll see about mold that gets into the walls. So there's like really practical reasons to not allow these things to grow and fester, right? To not allow a skin disease to become deeply embedded into your body without knowing what's going on or what the risk is to everyone around you or to just allow mildew to grow and just take its course. It will spread. So we can understand why a roving group of people this large would need to pay attention to such things. But when we look at the spiritual components then, we also understand that these things apply. And the Bible is teaching us right now that there is clean and there is unclean. So, like, if you get a skin rash that starts to spread, you're probably going to go see a doctor now, probably not a priest. And the doctor will look at that and determine how deep it goes. Is it on the surface? Or is it more than skin deep? And from a spiritual perspective, (laughs) we can get these rashes as well. Is this thing skin deep on the surface or does it go below the surface? And if we allow it to continue to grow, will it continue to get more and more embedded below the surface? And we have our pastors and our priests and our counselors and those that we trust in our lives to help us see what we can't see or to help us interpret what we don't fully understand. The ancient Israelites were being taught how to care for one another, how to take care of each other, how to observe what's going on, how to be a part of the restoration. We're still learning the same job. We're a part of an ongoing story where we have been invited to be God's people that we might reveal God to the world, who he is, what he is like, what he does when he is united with humanity. And we are supposed to be the examples of what that looks like. And so allowing things to go more than skin deep, allowing them to spread and fester is something that we want to avoid just as much as the children of Israel in ancient times are being instructed. And so, Father, we open ourselves up to this today as we think about it. And as we think about our anxieties and our angst, as we think about the different things in our lives like bitterness and unforgiveness, the things that have the potential of getting more than surface deep, the things that have the potential, if we allow them, that they will grow and fester and get more and more entrenched Holy Spirit, help us to see these things. 
and help us to open ourselves, open those places to you and your healing. Our great high priest, we come before you and ask that you would show us what is more than skin deep. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, one more thing going on around here today. Today is a special day throughout the world of Christendom. Today is Ash Wednesday. And so today begins the season of Lent as we move toward Easter. And uh, some of you are like, yep, I know. We heard that. At, uh, we heard we knew this at church. Like this was announced. We knew this was coming some of you are like, what? Lent, Ash Wednesday, not really sure. Heard of these heard of these things before, but not really sure. There are seasons in the Christian calendar that many uh, observe and have observed for centuries and centuries and centuries. And Lent is one of those seasons leading us leading us to Easter. And Lent has always been, at least my growing up years, something I knew about but never observed, never really knew how, never knew anything really about it other than that people gave up candy bars. And that was always weird, like, oh, I'm giving up chocolate for Lent. And as a kid, I was like, why would you do a thing like that? Or other people, like, I'm giving up television or entertainment or whatever. And as a kid, you're like, why would you do a thing like that? But giving up things, although that's part of Lent, isn't really the point. Lent is a season of repentance. A season to intentionally go into leading up to Easter, leading up to Resurrection Sunday, leading up to this grand celebration where we truly, the world over, celebrate all things being made new because of the resurrection of Jesus so as we move toward that over the next few weeks, it's a season of repentance. It's a season to really enter into the fact that sin leads nowhere but destruction and death. And to look at how sin has had an effect on our lives and to repent. And yes... Maybe that repentance requires getting away from some of those things, like letting go or fasting for a season, those things that continually trip us up. And so if that's candy bars, then maybe candy bars are the right thing to kind of fast from during the season. But really, it's a season of open-handedness and open-heartedness toward God. It's to unloose the fists that we have that we're clinging to our lives and the things in our lives and the chaos that comes from it. We're holding on so tightly. This is a season of like prying our fingers open and having open hands and open hearts. A season of repentance that says, Lord, rearrange me rearrange me as I move through this season and celebrate the resurrection and the new life that you've given me. And so whatever is in my hand, whatever is in my heart, 
Nothing is off limits to you. Some of the things that are within me are good things, and they belong, but maybe they're in the wrong place. Maybe they've become almost an idol to me, and I'm almost worshiping and hoping in those things. Even though they're good things that you've given me and tasked me to do, I've allowed them to take priority over you and our relationship and your instructions and your guidance in my life. I need that to be put in its proper place. While there are other things that don't belong at all, and I open my hands and I open my heart, remove from me what does not belong, reorder my life as I move toward Easter so that I celebrate and am oriented and, and am aligned with your will for my life. That is really more the heart of Lent. And so Ash Wednesday starts that season and there are Ash Wednesday services all over the world today. You may walk around today and see people with ashes smudged on their foreheads in the shape of a cross or maybe on their palms or wrists. You may walk around the grocery store and see that and think that's weird what's going on but what you know is that this person has simply gone to some service somewhere and that ash is put on that the, they are literally as a sign of beginning this season repenting in sackcloth and ashes basically just the ashes and so if Lent has meaning for you, then this is the beginning of that season leading us to Easter. If it has no meaning to you because you didn't know anything about it, then there you go. It's a season of repentance to offer ourselves freely to God, to repent, to walk away and go in a different direction and allow our lives to come into alignment with God's word and his wishes. And if you hear all that and you're like, that's just not for me, no problem. It's not a command in the Bible. It's just a season that has been observed over millennia, leading us and preparing our hearts for Easter. But today is Ash Wednesday in the beginning of Lent. And so may we embrace and appreciate all that it represents. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, Thank you humbly. There is a link on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com. If you're using the app, you can press the give button in the upper right hand corner, or the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or encouragement, you can hit the hotline button in the app. Or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Hey, uh, my name is Timothy Stonebarger. I'm new to the Daily Audio Bible app. I've been listening on a podcast app for maybe a couple of months now. Uh, first off, I just want to say, man, I, I love the Daily Audio Bible family. I mean, I just, sometimes I'll listen to the, uh, I'll listen to the, to the Daily Devotional 
and then I'll listen to the prayers and I'll just feel so much closer to all you guys because you know what? We're just brothers and sisters trying to walk this walk of faith and we struggle at times. We have a great God. Um, my main my main two things is, first off, um, there was a lady, she said she was married for about 31 years or 32 years and her husband just walked out on her. I'm a newlywed. I've been married. This is about a, this is I've been married for about a uh, year and a couple of months, and my heart just breaks for you. My heart just breaks for you. You are, you know, you guys been together for 31 years, and, and you know your husband walks out. I can't imagine how that would affect you. Um, but I I, I assume that it affects you on so many different levels in so many different ways, and. Um, I just pray that God's will is done, whatever that is. But I agree with you. I, I couldn't see how God would would be okay with a 31-year marriage just ending like that. So God's will be done. And uh, second thing, guys, just, just pray for me. I haven't been serving. I used to be a youth pastor. Uh, I'm not a youth pastor anymore. I was struggling with sexual sin and kind of intoxicated my entire life so please pray for me for that hi DAB family it's Sean from the UK here this is a message for Tracy Tracy I heard your your prayer about your husband leaving you at 31 years I'm very sorry to hear that and you find it very difficult at the moment nobody knows why things happen why people die why people break up but we know that the Lord does give us strength and he doesn't leave us to deal with things on our own and I do pray that you can reconcile your differences with your husband and that if it's God's will, then it will come to pass. But if it doesn't come to pass, I'd just like to give a bit of scripture from Deuteronomy 31.8 that says, The Lord himself will lead me and be with me. He will not fail me or abandon me. So I will not lose courage or be afraid. So whatever happens, whatever God's plan is for you, you do have the strength. He will not leave you. He will always be with you. He will not fail you and he will not abandon you. So do not lose courage and do not be afraid. God bless you, Tracy, and I wish you all the best. Sean from the UK. Bye-bye. Hey, DAB family. This is God's tree for I have many branches, but I'm rooted in the word of God. Please excuse the background noise when grandchildren are playing. Um, I'm calling on behalf of Tracy. She is suffering a breakup of a 31-year marriage. And Tracy, I want you to know that you're not in this alone. I'm in a getting ready to celebrate my 30th anniversary, and my marriage is going through difficulty. And we are going on vacation next month, and we both are trying to decide if we can make it through this vacation and if we can get off on the other side. It's a struggle when you've been with someone so long. And it's also a struggle when you've been with someone so long that sometimes you grow into separate, two separate people. But I truly believe that a long marriage like that, God and God's hand in it, and you're both Christians just as we are, and we both know who God is in our lives, that God will work it out for our good. We just have to keep trusting him. Yes, I understand you have a broken heart because I have a broken heart too. But we have to keep walking through and appraising God through our situation. God put us all together 
He's gonna make sure it works out for our good. Just keep trusting and believing him because that's what I'm doing. And I'm praying for you, sister, and I'm standing in the gap for you. And as I stand in the gap for myself, we're gonna get through this and God's gonna bless both of our men to be able to see the blessing that he has in us being together as a family. God bless you, DAB family. Continue to pray for all marriages that are struggling and all broken hearts. In Jesus' name, God bless. Hello, my DAB family. Um, this is Ule Buchwa. I'm calling from the UK. Family, I'm calling today to request for prayer for my country, my home country, Nigeria. Nigeria will be going to the polls on the 25th of February in exactly 10 days from now. Today is the 15th to elect the president. Family, I ask that you all join me in prayer according to Psalm 78, 72, where it says, With upright heart, he, David, shepherded the Israelites and guided them with his skillful hands. Join me in prayer to ask the good Lord to please come and select, select, pick out that person he wants. You know, let it be his choice. Yes, we will all, the, the, the masses will go out and cast their votes. But at the end of the day, let the person that will manifest as the president of the Federal Republic of Nigeria be a man that the Lord has chosen and that will lead, the, they will shepherd the country with upright heart and skillful hands. To the glory of God's name, Nigeria has gone through a lot. People are suffering. This suffering is so much. Thinking about it, it's, it breaks my heart daily. And all I can do is pray that God will show us his mercy and hearken to our cries. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, family. Hey, God, family. Um, I'm calling for prayers. Uh, I'm pregnant and just in the last few weeks of my pregnancy and I've had gestational diabetes which luckily hasn't been too bad. I just have to keep an eye on my blood sugar. But as we're getting closer to the end my blood pressure has been rising and um, because of that my doctor wants me to think about induction and I was really hoping not to have to do that. Um, we're especially since she wants the baby coming sooner rather than later. And uh, there's still so much to get ready for this baby. And uh, I don't know why I'm crying. Oh, but there's been so much going on. And it's been so hard to make preparations. And uh, I could just use prayers. Thank you.